He says, you must admit, though, the future looks very bright for this particular model. Not so much so, no. So what do you mean? Look, it can do all these things. I bet you can also slice and dice and create chili cheese fries. <laughs> well, it would be helpful if you hadn't dropped that banana out and he hit it, you know. Da -da 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 -da. And then the red shell, and then the second red shell, and then the, then green the third shell. red shell. Mm -hmm. Can I get a witness? Witness! Anyway. Amen. Chapter 102. The Fabulous Dwarven Pepperfields. Okay. So, in the last episode, uh, Nola, the cousin of the Baron, took you all on a trip to the gnome home. And you got to become acquainted with gnomish technology. You uh, got to see some of their more uh, interesting inventions. A uh, cabinet that keeps things cold while nearly frying you to death with fire. Um, and a uh, elevator of sorts that uh, nearly flings you to death while, uh, while transporting you between levels. And then you got to see their mechanical devices, apparently powered by dire hamsters. And... Uh, you got, in, you know, got involved in a race, and no, uh, no one won the race. However, decided to seed his winnings, a beautiful fluffy teddy bear hamster, to Adri. And uh, so Adri now has a hamster companion. Yay! Heck yeah, she does. Okay, and. There you guys are. You're all on the finish line, except um, Craval, who is kind of still back at the starting line. Never, never really got off the starting line there. That's why you never picked Bowser in the race. Yeah, yeah. It was very, very Mario Kart, you know, where the one car that just never really gets down the track. And uh, you guys ended up uh, here on the race flats. So uh, you have a hamster, Adrian? Yes, I do. And uh, the rest of you all have enjoyed your time in the carts. What are you going to do now? I would like to speak with, uh, I don't know, that, that chipper little fellow and uh, talk about uh, a mechanical training buddy. He says, yes, what can we help you with? So I, I said, I, I, I noticed your uh, serving constructs last night. Ah, uh, yes, the Servitron's 1999. Well, I would like a Trinathon 2000. A trainathon, you say? A train -a and you can, you can see the wheels going in his head. This is an idea we've been working on for some time. There's a few kinks to work out, but the promise is very bright. Would you like to see what we have going so far? Yes. Oh, very good. Let us go back upstairs. And he walks back through the garage and straps himself down to the uh, liftatron. And he says, um, who's coming with me on this first trip? I'm just going to climb up. As an athlete, I can do that. <laughs> it's like run up Someone the who's not a nerd. Level. Yeah. <laughs> so I just kind of scamper up. I'll strap in. I'll find the other way up and just walk. I will also climb up. Okay, so actually the, the sides of the thing are quite smooth, so I will need um, a uh, athletics check to, to climb up the walls. Well, let's see, because I have the athlete mm -hmm. 
Yeah, what does that allow you to do? Uh, climbing doesn't... Uh, okay. It doesn't half my speed. Um, I can do a high jump with only five feet. So it basically says I don't lose speed while uh, climbing, but I could yeah. basically well, jump halfway. We'll, we'll, we'll still need a athletics check to uh, make it up there. Can you like do a running jump, jump off the wall and be up there? Basically, what would happen yeah, if he can do that, he would just jump up there and just okay. kind of go bing, bing. So I'm gonna, I can automatically, I can do with just five feet, which I have a high jump. So mm -hmm. I don't know how high I can jump with that. Five feet. Just mm -hmm. five feet? Um, I have no idea. It, there's a number that you have to calculate. Well, let's just see mm -hmm. what I get for athletics. So if yeah. I fail, then we're going to look in the rule book. 12 plus, uh, oh, that's strength, one, 13. Okay, so I'm going to say that with 13, you uh, bounce up against the wall and leap forward, and you're not quite making it, and then you just get your hands over the edge, and you're able to kind of flip up an air, and uh, the, uh, the gnome says, uh, that looks more dangerous than our invention. Who would like to go with me? And, I will. Um, Craval, I believe you just climbed up. 23, yeah. Yeah, so you just uh, basically muscle yourself up the thing. He says, that's very primitive, but I think you'd be much but more comfortable works. on the Liptotron. Who is coming with me? I also jumped up. I got a 14. Okay, so the monks just go bing, 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 bing. <laughs> um, so Arlen and uh, Cotter, you're down well, there. I'll take the... Lift. He was going first, though. Uh, I'll teleport. Okay, oh, so you can <laughs> Misty step up the top. You you can stay in I'll there. Yeah. Okay, so you... Uh, I'll teleport. I want to see Carter yak. <laughs> I'll take the lift up. Okay, so you, you strap yourselves in. Uh, are you going to strap yourself in firmly this time? Yes. Okay, good. And uh, he uh, toggles the switch one more time. And this time, it's the reverse of what happened. Instead of being thrown against the straps, you are just pummeled against the floor and then when you stop all of a sudden you just jerk up against the straps and back down again and you know the uh, you kind of get the wind knocked out of you a little bit let's see actually roll constitution let's see how badly saving you get the wind knocked out skill check. uh saving throw nice so 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 you get slammed to the ground so hard it just knocks the wind out of you and, and cotter just kind of comes crawling off the platform oh, come on, just wheezing, knocks out of wheezing, wheezing corn trying to trying to actually get his breath back in again when i yeah, teleport I can i do like the witch from into the woods and like do like the spin around and like dissolve into mist and then like reappear somewhere else if you All want right, yeah <laughs> Okay. Go to the woods. <laughs> so okay. Yeah, I, I want to talk to the gnome about user experience again. <laughs> he says, yes, we've got a few kinks to work out, but it's looking very promising. What power is that, anyway? He's like, we've got a large muscle from a heart clam that we can cause to increase or decrease in size. <laughs> clam. They're using a clam. There's a, there's a very niche market in clam tech. <laughs> 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 it's really booming in the Dwarven Kingdoms. <laughs> it's all the rave. All the rave. <laughs> it's all the rave. <laughs> Clam rave. Clam rave. You and your colored lights. Clam. It's hot out. It's a clam bake. Clam. I mean, overclocked they're the clam. They overclocked a clam. <laughs> really hung up on that i love it okay so you guys are all upstairs and uh the uh, gnome that you've been dealing with leads you down the hallway 
and out the uh, building and over to another building. Oh, no, wait. Did, we're looking at the train-a-thon, correct? Well, that's apparently where you're headed. And this one is a, a different sort of building, and there's all sorts of clockwork automaton-type people. You've seen a lot of the servitrons that you guys were uh, uh, greeted with at the, uh, at the uh, feast the other day. Uh, in addition, there's just a whole bunch more of these, and they're all kind of like stylistic humanoids. They're all very short and you know very round, but like you know they ha they have bronze hair, you know style. It's not like individual hairs, but mm -hmm. like there's a coif that looks like a, a hairdo, and like some of them have the like I said the bronze mustaches that have been made out of metal and things like that. Um, and uh, he goes up to another gnome, and, and this one gnome is working on some very intricate gear work and. He's got these like goggles with various lenses that uh, you know dial in and out, and uh, he uh, comes up behind him and he says, "Herne," and the guy goes, "Blah!" <laughs> and his ears fly everywhere, and he says, "Don't do that to me!" And he like flips all the the lenses out of his eyes because his eyes are like three times too big, <laughs> and uh, and he says, "Oh, what can I do for you?" And he says. These are the ambassadors from Portum Magnum, and they would like to talk to you about, uh, did you say Trainathon, sir? Indeed I did. Ah, and, and Herne just sort of bounds up. Ah, a customer. Yes, well, let us introduce you to what we have currently going. And he takes you over to a dwarf-sized automaton, and it's holding a uh, hammer in one hand and a hammer in the other hand. He says, we've had great success with this model. Would you like to give it a try? First, what does it do? It tries to hit you. <laughs> he said, that's not quite what I had in mind. Ah, what did you have in mind then? So I'm looking at something that, uh, that can, you know, throw uh, projectiles up around, you know, so that I might... Uh, dodge things that uh, can provide striking surfaces and most importantly it must be able to fold up and fit into my adventurer's pack because i'm not going to lead it around on a leash so a dodge duck dip dive and dodge-a-thon yes he says ah oh, that is quite this series of requirements and i'm like and if, you, if you can't do it i completely understand it must be able to throw furry creatures because sometimes he gets homesick <laughs> Continue. I don't even know what to Continue. say. Like, <laughs> don't, say don't say anything. I don't get the homesick part, but okay. Just continue. Don't. He says, let me see here. And, and he uh, pulls out a sheaf of parchment and an ink and a quill. And he, says, and he starts sketching um, this humanoid. And, and it's got like eight different arms, each of them holding some sort of a projectile. There's, you know, basically darts and uh, sling bullets and... And crossbow bolts and and sorts of things like is this sort of the thing you had in mind? Sort of, but I also must be able to. I'll need to not only be able to dodge things thrown, but I need to be able to you know strike objects with fist and foot. Okay, so he keeps drawing. Now it has like eighteen arms on it, and some of them have blocking pads, and other ones have <laughs> scythes and hammers and pointy daggers on it. Like, is this more what you had in mind? I think uh, this creature might have some stability uh, issues. He you says, know, you must admit, though, the future looks very bright for this particular model. Not so much so, no. So what do you mean? Look, it can do all these things. I bet you can also slice and dice and create chili cheese fries. 
it would fall. I, I'd say, I say, excuse me, I, I think I've taxed your, your capabilities. I'll leave you alone. He says, you've got me very interested. I tell you what, please return next month and I'll see what I can do for you. Fair enough. Okay, the world might be exploded by that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, however, I do have one invention to show you that you might be interested in. Show me. And he leads you back to the uh, his original desk. And he has a box that's about three feet or so and probably two feet wide. And he kind of tilts it up and opens the front. And inside is a stylized metallic, well, boy, for lack of a better term. It looks, it looks like a youth. And he says, this is my latest invention, guaranteed to create all sorts of wonderful feelings wherever it goes and he uh you know winds up a key on the back and it starts walking out front and it says this is what i call the hugatron 1999 it senses unhappiness and cures it with hugs and the little uh hugatron says i sense sadness and he just goes dee, 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 over to Arlen and wraps itself around your knees. I will give you a hug. Aww. Do you feel better? <laughs> a little bit. Do you like it, sir? A little bit. He says, then I give it to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and we shall name it Pinocchio. <laughs> we'll name it Hug Hug. Name it Orlana. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Lana too. <laughs> can, can we can we put uh, 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 a hair coif on this? No. <laughs> he says we can arrange the uh, stylistic elements any way you yeah, like. Do you, do you have any? Uh, I need some scrap uh, notepad. Here. Oh, we got one here. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> toss it away. <laughs> Hold on. So disturbing. It's hug hug in my It's hug form. hug. I was thinking the same thing. Like, how much does this look like a person? Is it like? Well, once again, it's very stylistic. It's kind of overly round, but is it like? It definitely looks like a youth. Is it scary to have this walk up to you and hug your knees and say, "Uncanny Valley wants... kind of robot"? No, no, just like it's weird having this clockwork brass thing hugging your legs. I mean, I'm thinking for nostalgia. Okay, so what do you guys want to do now? Well, what time? So we're waiting for the evening to get the answer? Yeah. All right, what time is it now? Um, so um, you, you basically got up here mid-morning, and uh, so it's, it's getting on towards the uh, the noonday meal. And, uh, and actually, Nola um, asked if you would like perhaps to see the dwarvish pepper fields, since they're just up here, uh, just past the gnome home. As in the spice pepper? Yes. All right. I hope no one salts them. Or no one inhales what? really deeply. Salt and pepper. You salt the fields. Oh, Lord. <sighs> I got it. Lose 50 XP, right? That, that, that was pretty bad. No, you'll lose 50 XP for not getting that obvious <laughs> joke. Okay, so let's go. Take 10 disapproval damage. Yes. <laughs> Negative sure, let us, inspiration. Show us your grain. Your... Very Fields good. She's, she's very good. Follow me. And um, you uh, get to the back of, you know, the, the gnome home is actually on a plateau mm -hmm. behind the 
outthrust of the mountain that is Faramond's. And uh, once you, you know, you work your way through the various gnome homes in the gnome home. And out the back is this really interesting device. Basically, there are a bunch of carriages that are suspended from a giant cable. And they just go right up the side of this hill, probably several hundred feet to the top of, uh, apparently there's another plateau up there. And uh, you, you see from time to time uh, a gnome or a dwarf uh, gets up on a platform and as the carriage come by, they jump in or they jump out if they're coming down and away they go. Interesting. So Nola leads you up onto the platform and she says, you can only fit about three in uh, each of these carriages. And so uh, she, the carriage comes around and she jumps on. Who's jumping in with Nola? I'll go with Nola. Okay. Um, that's three, so. <laughs> He's not lying. Okay, so the next w carriage comes around. Who's going in that one? I'll, I'll go, go in it. Sure. So you're going to leave Arlen there on the station all by himself with <laughs> Bye, Hug Hugatron? He, he can teleport. <laughs> I'm not going to teleport into a carriage like, hey, guys. Like, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he teleports where it was. <laughs> and the Hugatron says, are you sad that you got left behind? I will give you a hug. And it oh. just wraps itself around your knees. This is not okay. <laughs> and the next Send carriage comes around. Are you going to jump lich. on? Yeah. Well, you got a Hugatron wrapped around your knees. Oh. <laughs> 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 this is like Chucky meets something. So you just jump on board and, yeah. and the Hugatron comes on after you. Okay. <laughs> and um, it's actually kind of neat. It's a little fearsome uh, because within probably 50 feet of the station for lack of a better word you're probably 50 feet in the air oh. and uh, there's you know very large pillars that go up there and, and you don't stay 50 feet uh, obviously as you're going up the hill the the hill is getting closer and closer to the uh level of the pillars but you're going up there but it, the view is fantastic and you just kind of glide up there it does bob and weave a little bit with the wind and as you you know you go past one of the pillars in the in the uh, wheels it kind of ding 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 bounces a little bit afterwards terrifying but um and, and actually it is kind of a little bit because there's you know nothing but dead air between you and the ground so uh but you guys work your way up there and at the top uh once again you get up to the top and everybody's waiting on the platform for you and hugatron and uh the uh you, you exit the the cart and then all of a sudden hugatron just kind of takes like three steps and just stops okay great Let's oh it off Hmm? <laughs> is it foldable uh no but you could like baby bjorn oh. it or something i don't want to baby can you, like, <laughs> i really don't i'm gonna put it back can into you, the car can you turn the key oh i forgot oh, about the key yeah, yeah, yeah. just pretend it's a calf or foal or something can you like turn the key so it keeps walking you gonna turn the key okay and you realize that like the gnomish inventor only turned it like three times and you can you, you can like there. you can like <laughs> turn it about like 60 times if you want to and keep that it going pencil has great prospects in the future <laughs> there's a few kinks to work out okay so you, you turn the key and the hugatron continues to follow you and you think you think that if you only like turn it like 60 times that you probably only have to do that like once a day joy one two three <laughs> or we could, or you could baby Bjorn it, or you could 22. put it in the bag of holding unless it's too heavy. Okay, and so you guys get up there, and this apparently is the the uh, 
high plateau and it's actually quite expansive um, there are probably several thousand acres here on, on the top of this plateau and then from here basically is the roots of the great northern mountains and it just kind of alpine valleys just goes straight up from here and you can actually i mean you're so close to the mountains now that you're just looking up at the the white tip peaks in the distance there so do these fields seem to have been plagued with anything from the lower lands um actually are you going to ask nola that or are you yeah. just going to look around i'm going to look around okay roll me roll me nature Fifteen. Okay, uh, you do not see any evidence of um, like the fungal bodies or anything, and, and actually some of the uh, fields up here actually do appear to be in wheat and, and barley and, and other grain crops. Um, but interestingly enough, right in front of you, for probably several hundred acres in all directions, is just nothing but row upon row of small little pepper bushes. And they're actually beginning to bear some colorful fruits right now. They're, you know, they've got red peppers and orange and yellow. And, but, I mean, just little tiny pepper bushes everywhere you see. Uh, but, yeah, in, with a 15, though, I'm going to say that you notice that you would think they'd be farther along by now, this time of the season. Uh, they do seem to be a bit stunted by the, the fogs that are coming out. And I say, Nola, if, why, why would your people... Uh grow these peppers instead of harvesting more wheat so, oh well, there's only so much wheat you can plant up here and the peppers they um we rotate the crops and the peppers give the the t land a little bit of time off from uh, from dealing with the the wheat and actually um cotter seeing that your family is is involved in a lot of the wheat trade at at this uh at this altitude you would expect that the growing season would be very short and they would just have to get a fast growing wheat crop and they wouldn't get much out of it. So, I mean, that explains why they need to trade for, for uh, grain crops from, from Porta Magnum. Right. But yeah, cool. yeah, it's, it's, Peppers. it's, it's uh, really a gorgeous sign. And like I said, just goes on and on for, for, you know, a couple thousand acres of uh, growing a region up here at the top. And uh, so uh, Nola turns to you and, and she says, let's take a look down uh, below us here. And you guys right at the top of the station and you have like obviously this drop off and then the, the gnome home and then the back side of the peak of, uh, of Farrah Mons. And she says, I'm glad I got you up here. I wanted to talk to you about something else, something we couldn't talk about down in Farrah Mons itself. She says, I want you to help me take out my cousin. No. Ah. She says, no, no, no. Y you got me wrong. Which cousin? The Baron? The Baron. But that knows my cousin. It looks like my cousin. It sounds like my cousin, but that knows my cousin. She says, I'm going to tell you something that cannot leave this place. When we are youngins, up high in the mountains behind us, we've got a summer home where all the royals get to go and something happened up there when I was a wee little lass someone died that bad and we sp swore never to speak about it ever to anybody things have been happening very strange with my cousin for a while now he's been making decisions that don't make any sense and then someone will be against him one day 
And the very next day, they're his best friend. And then sometime later, they can't understand why they made the decisions they made. And somebody else is his best friend. Very strange things happening. So I went to the parent and I talked to him. And I, I mentioned this thing that happened in the mountains. And it was the weirdest thing. It was like he had talked to somebody. He knew something about it. But he didn't know about it. So I don't think that's my cousin. I don't know what that is. But I want you to help me get rid of it. Because it's driving pheromones to the brink of war. Can I see if I notice that she's sincere or if she's yeah, you can like trying to get some sort you... of political gain here? Gee, I don't know why you think that. <sighs> I, can I just melt all my dice down? Um, I have no idea what, what's going on. She seems entirely sincere to you. All right. Yeah. What, what was that roll with your bonus? Seven. Okay, yeah. She seems entirely <laughs> sincere to you. I don't want to get involved in being an ambassador for someone else and overthrowing someone else. Oh, again. come on. It was fun the last time. We can't overthrow half of the... No, what I'm thinking is that, like, she said someone died, and our friend Lichboy... Uh, likes to raise no, people but and what kill I think boy. <laughs> her story was something happened a long time ago that was, was real bad. A, so they yeah, don't talk when she about was a wee it. little lass, she said. Oh. And now the person who she thinks isn't her cousin who's on the throne is like, huh? What? Oh yeah, that the the story where the person went bad and all that. Yes, I totally remember that. And she's like, hey, you don't sound like you remember that. So I look at her and I say two things. How would we confirm, uh, you know, uh, what test could we give your cousin? And secondly, how do we know it's not you who has changed? She says, do it if you want. I'll, I'll agree to anything. I'm sincere. And no one can get near my cousin. He sits there with his six knights guarding him in the throne room. No one ever gets near him. And I look and I say, if we were to do this, what's in it for us? Say, so, well, you wouldn't have a war on your hands, and you would have the favor of feral mons. You think that's that our, that's our job? To do you think that Remember, him being different is the reason for the war? Like I said, he's been making decisions that don't make sense. It's been totally unreasonable. It's like he's been trying to drive the the Iron Mountain to war. Do I think she's telling the truth? Roll me insight. I did. I got a 22. You think she's entirely sincere? Well, I feel uh, there's two ways I could think of trying to figure out if it's him or not. Zone of, I could try to do that zone of truth, or I could just try to command I'm, him to tell me his true name. I'm I scared that that's going to be like... I don't think we should go around casting spells on Varens. Well, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying if you want you want the truth, that's the two ways that I could try to get it habit. Well, I want to ask being her violent. what... What, how do you think we can help? So, well, the only way I've been thinking, and I noticed when you guys were here, there's a break in his schedule late tonight, and we could confront him. Okay, would he be alone yeah. without the knights? Of course not. He, like I said, he doesn't go anywhere without the knights. Where does the break happen at? 
So the court will be done late tonight. And he usually hangs out afterwards for at least another hour, eating a dessert of some sort. And then he goes to bed. And we'd be allowed to be at court in the first place, yes? We would be ready after court is dismissed. Mm -hmm. But I'm the cousin. I can get us in the door. I see. Are there any others you think as you do? It's like, there are those that speak behind their closed hands about how things are going wrong. But no one is bold enough to try it. There's, like we said, there are people and they'll be totally against him. And then the next day, they're his best friend. People are confused and scared. Who's the best friend right now? So, ah, oh, there's another uh, noble, one of the one of the uh, high uh, high smiths, and like I said, he's been speaking with everyone about how this is bad for business, and this is a fool's errand for us to be going head to head with uh, Porta Magnum, and then all of a sudden last week, he's but totally reversed his position. He's totally on the Baron's side. He's like, yes, we must go to war. If these people won't give us the grain, then they, we cannot be starved to death. The same thing the Baron says. Can we go talk to him? It's like, well, like I said, we can sneak in. No, I mean the, the head smith noble. The head smith noble? The, uh, the guy who's the new buddy buddy. Like, I don't know how we could do that without him getting back to the Baron. I'm not opposed to uh, talking to the Baron with you in the room, and you can, if he has his five knights, we will stand with you just so you can talk to him to see if we can get him to slip up. But I I'm not exactly no. looking to wage war against the dwarves. I think, I think we need to spy on him. It would be nice if we could pass without a trace. That's I, what I was that going to suggest, yes. I think he probably doesn't necessarily sleep with nine people about him. And if someone could sneak into his chambers, then he, we have a much better chance of talking to him. This is true. He's, yeah, he is heavily guarded at all times, though. <coughs> got to remember, Lassie, this is not like somebody's home up in the gnome, you know, where it's outside. This is the, the uh, Iron Mountain. Everything is tunneled out of stone here. You would have to make it down corridors guarded by guards constantly. This is doable. I know. We need to have another... You know what? We have the perfect reason to talk to him. You need to talk to him anymore. We can use that We can use that as a reason of being in there with the cousin having us come in. We can sit there and talk, and if we see anything wrong, we'll just, you know, you can still just broach why we're there. And we're supposed to be observing while you talk, and we'll see if we see anything. Mm -hmm. You know? But we don't know what... We don't... Wouldn't even know what the clues are. I that's why I mean to that's us, why he's you know he said he'll give us a thought if he so right now he can say yay your deal is good or no it's not and it would be perfectly reasonable either way we we can't tell we don't have any background to know. Did um when the noble became all buddy buddy with the baron did he. Um, did the Baron invite him to this after court session? So, no, he just been back to his uh, residence, and mm. he like he's been spreading the gospel, the Baron's uh, wise leadership since then. So I say, who here 
stands to benefit from a war? It's like, well, I don't know if anyone stands to benefit, but the... Well, we know one person that does. The, uh, the Baron has is, is gotten everybody whipped up, telling them that, that Porter Magnum's trying to starve us into submission. No one's thinking clearly anymore. So what would you have us do? So we must confront him. And like I said, I don't think that's my cousin. Okay, if, so we can, if, we can, if we can get rid of his guards and confront him directly, we can find out where he is. So how do you want us to take care of the guards? Well, obviously, we'll have to go into the throne room after court is done. I can bar the gates, the doorway, so they can't, no one can get in. And we can either get the knights to stand down or we can remove them entirely. I'm not for having any dwarvish blood shed, but if it's between us and killing thousands in the field, I'll take out my cousin. And I'm asking you to help me. And what does the gratefulness of pheromones give us? Oh, you can have all the Hugatrons you want. <laughs> Them fighting words. It's not. <laughs> Nick, I, I thought you loved it. That might it. be the most no, 100% thing said, that you and I have ever agreed on right there. I never said I loved it. I said I liked it kind of. And then they're like, take it. And I was like, mm. <laughs> I have another Let's, companion now. I don't want to get involved in this. I will get involved. Well, the pro we have uh, problem is if Alistair gets involved, and he, we might need you either way. Is that he's already these two are already or three are already not on his happy list. So, well, I, I I look at Nola and I said I I understand that you don't want dwarven blood spilled, but I can take them out without spilling a drop. They're fearsome warriors. Are you sure? I don't we have faced worse. Uh, I, I have even greater respect for you then. Let's Can the rest of you help me as well? I don't know if we should. In, at least in the official capacity that we are. You need, you're going to have to make a call on this, Cotter, because you are the representative of both the heraldry and, and your own. Have, uh, it, this is the difficulty of being a leader. You're being told that the, quite the person that we're trying to help at war with may be tainted or the cause false, of the war or even the pure cause i mean you're gonna have to take a risk you can't play this safe it would it would save thousands upon thousands yeah. of lives in port of magnum as well if this turns out to be the case we we know what's coming at us we know the greater picture that these don't and if and, and if 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 this king is not what it seems and he's actually on Lowell's side I mean, I'm, I'm shy on this, too, because we know what happened the last time we got involved in a royal family dispute. We got magic items. That, no. <laughs> no. Not right we now. Got some not gold. right now. Arlen, 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 Arlen. Also not right now. Arlen. But you need to be there, if nothing else, to witness. Either way. Besides, you have a unique ability I think you might want to try while you're in there. If this thing, if, if he, whatever this create, if this is not a living dwarf, then what is it? See what I'm saying? We need you there. I also think well, I might have something. To well, I look at Noel. I say, you know, for the gratefulness of pheromones, of which I'll rely on. I will help you. I potentially also have something that I can help pers 
<clears throat> persuade Adri. But Baron. I'm willing to help. Can you come with us? I'm not asking you to raise weapons. Just, I mean, you have to come witness. You are a paladin of Dianic. We're going to need you. If nothing else, we're going to need you as a witness. Can I get a witness? Witness! Anyway. <laughs> Amen. Um. Out of character, you are totally not allowed to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Ara. You have to take a stand. You cannot sit this one out. I mean, four of us can take him if he says no, so. Um, it would be seven on four. That's kind of tough. Well, still five. We have no, an Nola turns to you, Kerval, and says, I see your holy symbol. And I know you priests can divine truth from lies. Can you do such a thing? I can. It's like, cast whatever spell you want. I would Prove my sincerity. If I was going to cast this spell, we should do it in front of, with him there. We should I, get I everybody think that involved. she wants you to cast I know it what now she wants. to make sure that she is telling the truth to us about what she thinks. And I... I honestly believe she's telling the truth that she sees it, so the spell will not do anything good. What we need to do is do that spell inside the room around him, the Baron, and see what Baron does. That's what, then we get two dwarves, one stone. Actually, that's how you get two dwarves to fight with just one stone. You throw it, see who fights against it anyway. Um, are you going to come or not? Because I can't force you, none of us can. But if, if she's right, and if this ends up being. What she thinks it is, then uh, you're going to save not one, but two potential kingdoms. And if this ends up not being, it'll be a war for real. For then you did. Then it's you, it's a gamble. It's I mean, you, you could. You're risking ending the war right here. And there's no. And there's no guarantee that. Even the the gesture that we've asked for of grain will end the war. Mm. We have no guarantee. But if we do this, and it turns out that, oh, that's the real king, he's just, like, bumped his head or something. Which, I mean, yeah. But if it turns out to be the real king, now, oh, Porta Magnum sent a team of highly trained assassins into my kingdom. Let's go to war with them for real, because... I dislike them more than let's go to war because we need food. Well, it looks like you're already headed to war at this point in time. There are already hundreds dying. Mm -hmm. It would happen regardless. And if Nola says that he's making decisions that are prolonging the war, then it's going to continue. We're promoting whether, the war. Yeah, whether we put ourselves in it or not. I asked Nola, I said, does the king ever act himself or is he always strange? Well, like I said, he seems like the Baron. He acts like the Baron. But like I said, these decisions make no sense. There must be a better way to feed our populace than to kill thousands in the field. And if we take out your army in the field, and she points right at you, Cotter, and says, then what? Do we throw the dwarves against the walls of Porto Magnum? Thousands more will die. Can't let that happen. 
Let's do this, Cotter. Let's do this, Cotter. You have the ability to divine evil, correct? Sort of? Like a detection of evil? Detect good and evil or detect... Right? Yes, I'm not entirely sure how that... Good, bad, and the ugly? Let's, uh, here's my idea. Oh. If you... Nice. I'm the good. If you... <laughs> if you do that, I can... As a, I can sit as a ritual and do detect magic. We just walk in and see what we see, literally see what we see. And if this king is bespelled, we'll see it. If this king is not who he is, we'll see it. If it's evil, some sort of evil creature, you'll know it. Well, one trouble with doing the ritual, I don't think they're going to let you just sit down and spend ten minutes doing a ritual. But no, it but it, you do the ritual, it lasts mm -hmm. for ten minutes, I think, an hour. Well, we'd have to get in there and do the ritual first. You see what it says there, real quick. Because now I'm fascinated by it. But yeah, Cotter can yeah, just do his sense. Magic. Up to 10 minutes. Up yeah. to 10 minutes. Okay. Concentration. And for the duration, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Although the king could just be wearing like some magic. Well, we would ring. see it. I like, mean, so what are the... magic rings, we'll see the rings glow. So what are the things that could make someone act strangely? And I, much, and I, like, much like Adri, he could be an illusion form. He could be an illusion. He there could be under the spell of some sort of mind control spell. It could be a complete lie. It could be a polymorph shape changer. Who knows? And would a would this spell detect if someone was under mind control? If he would, if it was it detect if he was ensorcelled by something, I would imagine so. If he if he's not wearing anything, but he himself is glowing, I really don't know. I'm, these are ideas. You can learn the school of magic that you see with detect magic. I mean, it can't hurt. We're not doing anything aggressive. Be on guard. Let Alistair and I do this. And we'll see what happens. All right. So so I, I look at Nola and I say, clearly you believed your cousin was your cousin for a while, and then he changed. Is this correct? Yeah. Or like I said, he, he looks like the Baron. He acts like the Baron. But like I said, these decisions, they've been making no but, sense. But and like I said, then I went and asked him, asked him about what happened in the mountains. And like I said, it's like someone had told him something about it. It's like he didn't really know. So I asked, so, but there was a time when you believed your cousin was your cousin, correct? And then he started making bad decisions? I, I had no reason to believe he wasn't my cousin. It's not until the decisions started making no sense. Did... Did he receive a gift before that happened? Does he... Uh, Nothing that I does can he, think of. Does he have something on his person that he, he, he might even subconsciously clutch? An object that he refuses to let go. She pause, She passes like... Not really. I mean, he's, he always wears his plate mail. The golden plate mail. But you've seen, I mean, he'll wear something... He's wore something different to the, uh, to the feast the other night. There's nothing obvious. A necklace, a ring. Mm -hmm. Well, we got a plan. I don't think a ritual is going to work. We can't go in there beforehand. There's going to be I, guards in there. You know, I can cast it. I, I can actually just burn a spell slot and cast it. You can cast it, and then for the next 10 minutes, it'll be active. 
All right. Well, that's you, you can tiny, walk around. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> well, I see, like, before you walk to the door, quick verb, it's on. <laughs> Same for him. Verbal and somatic. Components. Well, let's do that. Let's have Nola lock the door and, you know, if we got to take some guards out, I'll take some guards out. Why do I have your stuff? Why do you have my stuff? Because you moved it. Oh, aside I so moved you could it off to read the book. Oh. <laughs> Why do you have my stuff? That's gonna be the name of. Let's that's gonna be the name of this episode. Yeah. Why do you have my stuff? <laughs> let's uh, let's Unless head down. Let's head down and and figure this out. Okay, so you're gonna retreat back down mm -hmm. off the hill, uh, come back from your uh, tour of the gnome home in the fabulous dwarven pepper fields, mm -hmm. and actually that might be the name of the episode, and uh, you. Uh, Head down the hill, back down the giant winding stair, and uh, you know by this time, obviously you've had to stop for for a midday meal that uh, that Nola brought with you when you guys were up in the pepper fields. And this time, you know it's 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 on towards evening, and uh, Nola says, "I'll order in some food for us, and uh, we can get ready to confront the Baron." And uh, you return back to her quarters, and it's you know kind of obviously being a cousin of the Baron, she has this whole suite of rooms that have been chiseled into the mountain, and uh, so she has you know her own kitchen staff and things like that, and and they bring uh, the food out, and once again, really really spicy, and now we know why. Can yeah. I ask Nola to uh, if she if it's done, she bring me the uh, horn. Ah, yeah. And she sends out a page and they, they return with it. And it is a work of beauty. I mean, just gorgeous work. And actually what you what you find is that on the blade of the glaive mm -hmm. that they've actually used a uh, like acid etching or something to etch in a stylized dragon. Nice. Yeah. Apparently uh, with the chance to impress visiting dignitaries, they went all out. Excellent. Thank you. And then the butt end actually has kind of like a little dragon claw sort of thing on it. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay, are you doing anything to get ready for the night? Um, while we're eating. Just prepping spells. And mm -hmm. um, so the thing that I have that might be able to help is I have the, still the glasses of charming. So, like, if things go extremely downhill would it be beneficial for me to potentially use one of the charges to yes like charm person mm -hmm. charm so, one of the yeah. guards we're yeah, in our get them out of the fight, yeah. we're in a room generally yeah yeah or like definitely do that because um, no. you haven't used them ever uh, yeah i know but like well he has but it didn't work out the time and like, then all the other times you could use them you didn't like using uh, on the baron to mm -hmm. like if our words of please tell us about so, this stuff doesn't mm-hmm like, it'll make him friendly towards us. So, does the bull work if you're given a fake name? Ooh. So, like, if we look in the bull and we're, someone's lied about their name to us and we say that fake it's name, does it bowl, right? go to it's them? It's a scrying bull. It yeah, would look if you at tell, no, if you tell the real name, it'll go show you the real person. It won't show you the person pretending to be him. Well, if... You, if but we've never met... He met the Baron. Boy? He's seen the Baron now. I've seen the Baron. I mean, the, he knows the we've name. seen the person that she says isn't the Baron. So if right. we say, look at the real Baron, you and if that's that, not the real Baron, would we scribe a potential no. fake Baron? But is that kind of would, like that no. weird gray area with Zone of Truth where it might just be what no. the person believes to be true? Scrying will only of... scry on the person you want. So you, I, all of us could be pretending to be Adri. It's only going to show you Adri. 
So if he scries on Baron Gildas, but if we think him. that that's Baron Gildas, does the bull no. go? Oh yes, no, I know what the real Baron you know Gildas. It's looks worth like. a shot. Yeah, try scrying real quick. That's a really good idea. Yeah. So I'll take out my bowl and for once not use it on Galchabar. Um, <laughs> and actually, and as you pull it out, um, Nola goes, Gildas. "What's that? It's a beautiful piece of workmanship." This is a actually a really nice bowl that I have. It allows me to. Um, Drink rose-colored soup. No, 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 no. That's a different bowl. It's rolled. It's rose-smelling soup. My yeah. bad. Uh, it allows me to uh, view other people if I wish, so I can. It's like that's an amazing. It's like an artifact from the old kingdom. It seems like it. It's so where did you get it from? He doesn't know. Where did I get it from? Did Galchabar just give it to me? Yes. Yeah, I got it from. Uh, an old wizard friend. An old wizard friend? You guys are more amazing than I ever knew. D- do you consult with wizards often? Um, yes. Just at, at least, like every day. At least yeah. every day. <laughs> Not at least. But, yeah. Quite, quite often. It's like I definitely picked the right crew to <laughs> link up with for this adventure. Yeah, so here. I'm going to fill the bowl with water. And what's his name? Baron Gildas. Gildas. I'll do the finger waves and Baron Gildas. And Nola looks expectantly at the water and she says, is it supposed to do something? Because the water is not, no no picture appears. Maybe you have to have both bowls. No, no. no, I'm going to say, um, or the real Baron is dead and this is an imposter. I'm going to say uh, your wife's name. Sinia. I'm going to say Sinia. And finger waggle and Cynthia's image appears in the bowl she's uh apparently bending over some enormously huge ledger books writing in them and uh, she you know has that sort of thing where that one curl comes out when she's yeah. kind of annoyed and uh say gildas again sorry yeah. close the bowl and then baron gildas nothing happens do we have to meet the person what are the rules of the bowl again no, I just need to know a name. Mm-hmm. Galchabar told you that if you could find the true name of somebody and... Oh, wait, wait. What's, it, what's his no, real wait. name then? Fingerwave or Lana. Mm. Oh. What? Why? Because then you could see if that's what happens when someone's see dead. See if it's dead. Yeah. Fingerwave or Lana. See if it's still blank. Or Lana. Nothing happens. Hug, hug comes behind you. <laughs> <laughs> he says, that you ex- are sad, and gives you a hug around the knees. That, that expended like five clicks, that sadness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so... Where is the Baron now, Nola? He's like I said. He'll finish his evening uh, What's his court session any minute now. So he's in court right the second. Yes, in, in the throne room. So and that's we, not Baron Gildas. What's his What's Baron. his full name? Can we use titles like that or? Um, what is your What is your What is your What is so she Baron? actually gives you the the full name, which Al, Al Arlen, will you repeat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nothing appears in the bowl. All right, this then, is a fakey. Yeah. Did this is bizarre because that means the real Gildas is no longer on this plane. She says, "I've been prepared for that ever since I noticed my cousin. Was, well, what says she's my cousin was acting strangely. So, um, what other explanation is there? Do we have the rules of the bowl? I think we. The evidence is pretty clear that." Mm-hmm. The Baron isn't the Baron. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, considering what happens. If you can when get us in there, we'll help you confront Orlana. whatever this thing is that 
claimed to be the brand. Yeah, Adri. Uh-huh. No, 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 She says, very good. And she just walks right in the middle of you and holds her hand out and says, if we all perish tonight, it's been an honor fighting by your side. She kind of all looks at you like you're supposed to put your hand on hers. Mm-hmm. Team Bray. Yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm not dying tonight. <laughs> you all might die tonight. I'm absolutely going to die tonight. I'm like, you better fight better than you drove that little hamster mobile. Well, it would be helpful if you hadn't dropped that banana out and he hit it, you know. And then the red shell, and then the second red shell, and then the green shell. Third red shell. All right, let's do it. Okay. We've got a kingdom to save. So do you need to gird your loins with anything before you go, or? I'm set. Okay. I love how there's a section on sanity in this book. Um, <laughs> that was actually written just for our uh, particular campaign. No, it wasn't. Okay. All right. And mm-hmm. anyway, so you guys start heading out, and um, Nola's demeanor completely changes. You know, she's been kind of tentative since she's been talking to you, but now she just throws back her shoulders and, you know, proudly walks forward. And. Um, when uh, you're approaching the throne room, um, you know, she says, make way. My cousin has asked me to report directly to him. And the guards, you know, just kind of snap out of the way. And um, oh, we didn't. Did we spend time so, and do the detect what? magic outside? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to poof it. I mean, you, you have to, like, say some words and do some eye movements, so. I'm doing a little prayer and then mm-hmm. my eyes work. Okay. Okay. So you're burning a spell spot slot to do yeah, it. First level spell slot. Okay. And you guys come through the door, and um, you uh, Nola. I mean, as soon as the door is closed behind you, you see Nola just puts her hand on him and she says, "By my family's pattern, these doors should not open." And then you uh, turn around and. The Baron is just sitting up there on his throne, just kind of lounging, eating some sort of dessert, you know, fruit item, and you know, as if he hasn't a care in the world. And you notice those six knights that are around the periphery of the dome are actually lined up in front of him in a line. And he says, A little cousin, I've been wondering when I'd see you. And that's where we're going to stop today. Okay, I'll admit it. Uh, to be a dungeon master, you do kind of have to have a little evil streak somewhere down deep inside. Or else how can you explain having the party have to choose to take out somebody's cousin, the Baron, again? I do have to say, I really did enjoy the delicious uncertainty of the party as they realized that they'd been confronted with the choice of taking out another baron or baroness the first time baron the second time um at the request of 
the cousin. And I really did enjoy the crisis of confidence that Bryce expressed and the debate that the party had to go to to get to this point. Um, so yeah, the question was initially, is this really a request to help take out uh, something that's evil? Or is it just a cousin that's hungry for power that has a good story like last time? Anyway, we've gotten up to the point where we're going to find out. Things are certainly going to uh, hit the fire here in just a few moments. But we'll have to wait for that until the next episode. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.